Good morning and a very warm welcome to our harvest service today, the 24th of October. And it's great to welcome Mark Smith as our visiting speaker today. And he'll be speaking on uh, Jesus' growing kingdom a little bit later on. But we're going to begin with a wonderful harvest hymn, Come Ye Thankful People Come, uh, a hymn of thankfulness to God for the harvest. Uh, let's uh, stand to sing number 37. Uh, wonderful hymn looks forward to that day when we will be free from sorrow and free from sin but we know until that day when Jesus Christ returns we will struggle with sorrow and with sin and so we're going to say sorry to God now 
so that we'll be ready on that day when Jesus Christ returns because we're those who've repented of our sins and turned away from them and turned to Jesus Christ. So let's uh, join in the words of the confession uh, on page 102 of the prayer book. So together we pray, Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, by what we have done and by what we have failed to do. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life. To the glory of your name. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For our sake he made him, that is Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What an amazing swap God did for us, that Jesus took our sin so that we could take his righteousness. And I can pray with confidence, Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and keep us in eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, open our lips. And our mouth will proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. We're going to declare God's praise by joining together in the words of the Creed. So let us affirm our faith together. Together we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Well, please do be seated for our first Bible reading, which you can find in Mark, uh, Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, and uh, verse 26 to 34. Mark 4, verse 26 to 34. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows he knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet, when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. 
With many such parables he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples he explained everything. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, it's a wonderful privilege to be joined by uh, the Reverend Mark Smith from the Bally James Duff uh, group of parishes, Kildrum Furton uh, group of parishes. Welcome, Mark. Uh, We look forward to hearing from you now. Let's pray as we think about some of those words together. Some words that we sang a moment ago. Lord, for that word, the word of life which fires us, speaks to our hearts and sets our souls ablaze, teaches and trains, rebukes us and inspires us. Lord of the words, receive your people's praise. Father, we pray very much that you would speak to us, speak to our hearts by this word, these words of the Lord Jesus this evening. Might you teach us and train us, rebuke us and inspire us. Might you set our souls ablaze as we look at these words together. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the lovely things of uh, Harvest is the chance to come and, and visit other churches and, and see some neighbours. We're in Kildrum Thurston, as I mentioned, so I think that means we're, we're just about neighbours um, with you here in Lara, which is lovely. And it's also lovely to, to come and see some different churches and to see the Harvest decorations. And I must say the church is, is looking beautiful. I thank you for all those who have who have made an effort with that. I have actually brought my own um, contribution to your harvest display. Um, to be honest, I'm slightly slightly offended that no one's commented on it yet because I, I'm sure I'll get over it. Um, but actually, that's a bit of a shame. I mean, I, I imagine you probably noticed it and you, you just thought, it's just a bit embarrassing. A visiting preacher would, would bring such a lavish display to your harvest festival. It's just here, um, next to these flowers. It's just on the edge of the pulpit. I, I, I'm sure you've noticed it. You haven't seen it? I, how about... How about now? Can you see it there? Still not. Maybe if you're right at the front, you can just about see that I'm holding something. Uh, anyone guess what this might be? Mustard seeds. A mustard seed. Thank you. It's a mustard seed. No, look, don't worry. I'm not offended, really. A mustard seed is slightly limited as a harvest display, isn't it? In fact, it's slightly limited as a visual aid in general. It's just so small, so tiny, so unimpressive, and apparently insignificant. So small. Which is surely exactly why the Lord Jesus chose to use it. Why Jesus chose to compare the kingdom of God to it in this harvest-themed parable we've just read. Because that is so often how his kingdom appears. That's so often how it feels to be one of his people. It feels like being part of a mustard seed. Take this evening, for example. Yes, it's, it's great. There's a good crowd here. And it's lovely, isn't it, to be getting back to some semblance of normality. But my guess is it's not always as many as this here on a Sunday morning. Not unless your parish is pretty different to my parishes. And even if it was, well, there are many more people playing rugby or golf, aren't there? Many more watching television in their pyjamas. The sofas and the fairways are generally fuller than the pews on a Sunday morning. Church hardly looks like the most impressive show in town. Just a bunch of 
very ordinary people, myself very much included, learning from looking at a 2,000-year-old book. How thoroughly unimpressive, how small, how weak, how pathetic. To which Jesus says, yes, that's right. But don't be surprised, because my kingdom is like a mustard seed. It starts small, and if we look and feel weak and unimpressive now, just think how it looked when Jesus first told this parable. One man, whose greatest achievement was his death, and a bunch of fishermen. That is not exactly a recipe for setting the world on fire, is it? And yet, as weak as we feel today, the very fact that we're here at all, meeting in the name of this man from Nazareth, Thinking about this story he told 2,000 years ago, 3,000 miles from where he first told it. Well, it actually points to the second part of Jesus' parable. See, like a mustard seed, God's kingdom starts small, but it ends enormous. Jesus said, when planted, when it is sown, it grows up. And becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. I've been blessed with a number of things in life, but height is not one of them. Probably realise that as you can barely see me above above the eagle as Nick was asking me a few questions. I, I'm not particularly tall. Is anyone here though six foot? Is anyone six foot? Nick, you must be about. Nick, I, do you mind standing up for us? Six foot is pretty tall, isn't it? Some of us can only dream. But look, imagine not just one Nick. Imagine three Nicks stood on top of each other. See, that is about how big the tree, the bush that grows from a mustard seed can get. Enormous. Enormous. As good as a good-sized fruit tree. As good as, as big as three Rectors, do you thanks. Take a seat, Nick. So big that the birds can rest in its branches. Jesus is saying, look, God's kingdom, it starts small, but it ends enormous. And of course, some of that growth has already happened, hasn't it? Because from, from those unimpressive, unpromising beginnings, there are now more than two billion people in our world who would claim to follow that man, Jesus Christ. We may not always feel that here in Ireland. We're often, we often feel small and insignificant. Maybe we're made to feel small by our friends. Maybe we're made to feel insignificant by our media. And yet we're actually part of something massive, something global. Sometimes we need to hear about parts of the world where that mustard seed kind of growth has and is happening. Take, um, take the country of Nepal. For example, I wonder if you know that at the beginning of the 1960s, there were no churches in Nepal at all. About 25 Christians, fewer Christians than there are people here gathered in Lara Church this evening. Today, it's about 300,000, just in 40, 50 years. Or, or China. See, when President, when Chairman Mao, took control of China in 1949, there were about a million Christians. It wasn't that many in a country that vast, and he, he hoped that he'd be able to stamp them out. Did he succeed? 
Are there any Christians left in China today? Yes, there are. About 70 million is a very, very conservative estimate. More Christians in China today than there are members of the Communist Party. And yet even those kinds of numbers are nothing compared with the gathering that the book of Revelation describes around God's throne at the end of time. A great multitude that no one could count from every tribe and nation and people and language. You see, like a mustard seed, God's kingdom starts small. It's easy to miss. It's easy to write off. It looks totally unimpressive, totally insignificant, and yet it ends enormous. Two applications from this very simple harvest parable and I'm nervous every time I put this mustard seed down so I think it's going to roll off never to be seen again until a mustard plant starts emerging from just below me in a couple of months time hopefully that won't happen here's the first application it's the it's to any here who know in their heart of hearts that actually they are not yet a follower of the Lord Jesus because the message of this parable to you is don't miss out don't miss out so it's very easy to jump to wrong conclusions, isn't it? I, I love the story of Dick Rowe. I wonder if any of you have heard of him. Dick Rowe was a record producer with Decca in the 1960s when a band of four young men from Liverpool came looking for a record deal. Uh, Rowe met them, he listened to them, and he decided not to sign them because, and I quote, guitar groups are on the way out. Turned out he was wrong spectacularly wrong because that band actually went on to become pretty successful you might have heard of them any guesses the Beatles the Beatles friends this parable says to us don't make the same mistake as Dick Rowe when it comes to Jesus and the Christian faith see there will be people maybe even some here this evening who miss out who end up kicking themselves for all eternity Because they looked at the Christian faith, they looked at the church, they looked at Jesus Christ, and they just saw the mustard seeds. They just saw the mustard seeds. And so they wrote it off. They didn't realise it. It never registered with them that that mustard seed would grow. That just as the mustard seed has to be planted, has to effectively give its life and die in order to bring life. Well, so it was that the one who first told this parable as he looked at his very weakest, at his most unimpressive, dying on a Roman cross, being insulted by almost everyone who looked on, was actually giving his life, taking the punishment that his people deserve, so that billions down through history and around the world today might find life, now and into eternity. Don't miss out. Don't do a dick row. Take another look. Why not ask Nick how you might do that? I I know he would love to help you to do that. So don't miss out. But seconds, if you are already following the Lord Jesus, don't give up. Don't give up. See, why does the farmer keep going? Why does he persevere through the the long days and through the dark winter, through the, the wind and the rain? And we're getting into that season now, aren't we? Why does he keep setting his alarm for the middle of the night? Surely it's because he knows that it will be worth it. The grass will grow. 
The animals will fatten. The price of milk will hopefully at some point be worth it. The harvest will come. Even if it looks small now, even if it feels like hard work most of the time, and I'm sure it does, they don't give up. You don't give up because you know that it'll be worth it. How much more is that the case with the Christian faith and with the church? Where the results, where the harvest is guaranteed. Where it's like watching that big match of, uh, of sport and knowing the score, already knowing that your team wins. Yes, as you switch on, they're 4-0 down and you've no idea how they're going to turn it around. But you know that they will. You know that they win 5-4. I wonder if any of us particularly need to hear that this evening. As we feel small and weak and unimpressive. Maybe, maybe feeling particularly vulnerable after COVID. With a sense that we and our churches are even more fragile than they were before. So our friends and media tell us the church is insignificant as you look for the implications for the churches in the guidelines and realise the government has no interest at all in what the churches are doing. Completely insignificant. So we wonder whether this book, the Bible, can really grow our churches and change people's lives. So we restart Sunday schools in our churches. Hooray! But they're often so small, aren't they? Two, three... Four children. Nothing like what the local rugby club or Gaelic club gets on a Sunday morning. And as the appeal goes out for helpers for various things, various ministries in our churches, all of which have one thing in common. They look very small and very insignificant. Well, remember the mustard seeds. Remember the cross. Remember China and Nepal, remember that great multitude in heaven. Remember that great harvest on the last day. And so don't give up. Don't give up. Instead, go all in. Don't hold back wondering what your friends or family and neighbours will think. Don't sit on the fence wondering if you're backing the right horse, if you're investing in the right place. You are. Jesus says so. Go all in. Very few of us, if any, will have heard of a chap called Edward Kimball. Edward Kimball was a a Sunday school teacher in America in the 19th century. And he was particularly concerned about one of his class, a a teenager who seemed to have no interest in in God or spiritual things at all. And so one day Kimball went to to visit him in the shoe shop where he was was working. And he found him in the, the back room stocking the shelves. And he he spoke to him and don't know what transpired in that conversation. But at the end of it, he led him to the Lord Jesus. That young chap became a a Christian there and then. And the name of that young man was Dwight L. Moody. Dwight L. Moody eventually left that shoe store to become one of the greatest preachers and evangelists of all time. Someone who would preach to thousands. Someone who was involved in revivals all around the world. Someone who saw many, many people become Christians. A few generations later, but as a result of the ministry of D.L. Moody, a teenager called Billy Graham became a Christian. And as I guess many of you will know, Billy Graham went on to preach to millions around the globe. Why do I tell you that story as we finish? 
My point is not that we should all be Dwight Almudis or feel guilty that we're not Billy Grahams. My point is that it all started with one Sunday school teacher who most of us have never heard of and his concern for one individual with his decision to go into a shoe store and tell one person about the Lord Jesus. My point is that we can all be Edward Kimball's, being faithful in the little things, sowing that little bit of seed that we've been given, not giving up, trusting that it will all be worth it, however weak and fragile and unimpressive things might seem. Because like a mustard seed, God's kingdom starts small, but it ends enormous. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this punchy parable. Thank you so much that it has so much to say to us here now. A long way from where it was first told, a long time after it was first told. And yet it still speaks to us. And I pray that you would speak to us by it this evening. Pray for those of us who need to be challenged that we would receive that and and hear that this evening. Pray for those of us who need to be comforted and encouraged that that we would hear that. And I pray, Father, that you might grow your kingdom here in this place, in this church, in this group of churches. We ask it for for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you very much, Mark, for teaching us so faithfully and clearly about Jesus' growing kingdom. Uh, there's a number of ways you can follow up on that. Do come and talk to me if you're, if you're not sure yet whether you are following Jesus yourself. Um, I'd love to to talk to you about how you can know that you are following him so that you don't miss out on his kingdom. And uh, as Mark said, if you know that you are, then don't give up. Keep going with Jesus and you won't miss out. Uh, Well, we're going to continue in prayer now. And uh, we're going to begin with the Lord's Prayer. So together we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We're going to pray some prayers of thanksgiving. When I say, we thank you, O God, Please would you respond and praise your holy name. Almighty God, we thank you for the richness of your creation, for the enormity of the universe, and we thank you for the smallest creature, perfect in detail, incredibly made. Thank you for giving us our world that produces food when we plant seeds in dirt. Thank you for the sunshine and the rain, and we thank you for the harvest. We thank you, O God, and praise your holy name. For those who work so that we may eat, from the farmers who produce the grain and meat and dairy, to the people who sell it to us and cook it for us, we thank you, O God, and praise your holy name. For one another and the friendship we share, for friends at school and work and in our local community, we thank you, O God, and praise your holy name. 
Thank you not only for making the world, but for making us in your image and giving us the ability to think and plan and work. Thank you most of all for Jesus Christ and that through his death and resurrection, you've made it possible for us to know you in a whole new way. We thank you, O God, and praise your holy name. As we continue in prayer, uh, when I say, Lord, in your mercy, please respond with, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we seek your blessing on those engaged in farming. We thank you for their hard work, for their willingness to endure early mornings, disturbed nights and all kinds of weather. Please help them as they face the added pressure from the government over climate change. Please give the government wisdom and may they be realistic about what can be achieved without destroying farms. We also continue to pray for safety on the farms over these winter months. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who are poor or hungry because of natural disasters or brutal conflict, remembering especially those in Afghanistan, Nigeria and the Yemen. Please may the resources you've given the world not be squandered or wasted, but shared justly among all people. Lord of the harvest, hear our prayer. We pray for families known to us who are coping with illness or poverty. Please show us where we can lend a sympathetic ear, speak a word of comfort or offer practical help, and so show your love in action. We pray for the sick both at home and in hospital. We pray for the elderly, the housebound and those in care homes. And we pray for all who minister to their needs. Lord Jesus, who responded to the needs of all who had faith, comfort and sustain those who are in need of your grace at this time. In particular today we pray for Olive Simmons, Elizabeth Hudson, Leon Briardy, Lucy Roberts and in a moment of quiet any others known personally to us. Lord Jesus, we remember how when a friend of yours was sick in the days of your flesh, word was sent to you, he whom you love is sick. We speak now the same message to you, those we love are sick. We ask for your blessing upon them, we pray that their precious lives may be spared and restored again to health. Give wisdom to the doctors and bless the medicines and the means. While our dear ones suffer, May they be sustained by your grace, held near your own heart and kept in peace. And may they come again from the sickbed with a sweeter trust in you, with more patience and trust, ready for better service. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We also pray for those who have lost a loved one recently. We continue to pray for the family and friends of Nora Brown, of Tommy Feeney, of Greta McKinstry, of Eden Heaslip and of Hazel McHugh. And in a moment of quiet, any others we know who are grieving at this time. Thank you that you are near to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. Please may those grieving know you very close to them and may, they gi may you give them peace and hope in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We close our prayers with the harvest collect. Eternal God, you crown the year with your goodness and you give us the fruits of the earth in their season. Grant that we may use them to your glory for the relief of those in need and for our own well-being 
through Jesus Christ our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, if you'd like to look up there just for some announcements before um, our final hymn. Dorothy and I are on leave this week, um, and Canon Mark Lidwell is around if there are any pastoral needs during this uh, this week ahead. Uh, and next Sunday, the services are going to be taken by the Reverend Cameron Jones. Um, I'll do my best to have a phone service available next week as well. Um, and then the week after, the 4th of November, we'll have In Touch at the rectory at 3.30 to 5 p.m. Our GFS is starting back on the 5th of November. And the Cavern Christian Men's Conference is on the 6th of November at 10 a.m. to midday. Well, our final hymn. Oh, sorry. And there's a gift day for Lara and Lavi on the 7th and 14th of November. And uh, a gift day for, for Drung instead of the sale of work on the 28th of November. Our, our final hymn is uh, a great harvest hymn that reminds us that all good things come from God. Uh, we plough the fields and scatter, number 47.
And now a final blessing. May God, our Creator, who clothes the lilies and feeds the birds of the air, bestow on us his care and increase the harvest of our righteousness. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us always. Amen.